0: Hey guys, I'm Whitney. And I'm Kylie. Welcome to the Midwest Farm Wives Podcast.
1: We are two millennial farm wives raising lots of littles, figuring out how to run ag businesses with our husbands, learning, loving, and living life day by day in America's heartland.
0: If you landed here, you can expect uplifting positive real talk about being a farm wife, mom, and being a woman in agriculture, conquering all God gives us. We are so excited you're traveling on this back road with us.
1: Hello and welcome back to the Midwest Farm Wives episode six, the one where we prepare for extra grace. Um, little recap, last episode we did the 10 bag challenge with our declutter your life uh, episode. And so Kylie, how's
0: your decluttering going? Amazing. It is so freeing to get rid of stuff. I have, I'm proud to say that I donated six bags and then I've thrown away three and packed away a couple of extra stuff. So I just went through Rhett's room finally and got rid of 3T stuff that hasn't fit for weeks. I'm I'm excited. Yeah, it's good. We'll still keep doing it because I think I've only made it through half my house.
1: (laughs) Right. I did the upstairs and I'm on bag nine. I'm going to finish 10 today because that was my goal before we did our next episode. But I'm the same way. Like I had a bunch of stuff, like the kids' toys. How many broken toys can one have in a playroom? Or just pieces,
0: pieces that you don't know where the other half of the toy is.
1: Yeah. So I chucked all that stuff. I donated a couple bags from our closet. Um, I donated a bunch from my kitchen which I can't believe I had to do that again. I just did that last year, but yeah, I'm kind of a hoarder. So, so. Uh,
0: same. Don't <laughs> feel bad.
1: <laughs> yeah. So, uh, uh, me since last episode, I went to my little brother's K state game. He got to play. So that was super exciting, and but he's not little. No, he's huge. He's like way taller than me, which yeah. is weird, which is weird. Cause my parents, I mean, like you saw the picture, we're all like the same height except for him. He's a giant.
0: Yeah. Your whole family is kind of tall, really. But yeah. When you said little brother, I'm like, we should probably say younger because he is a tall kid.
1: Yeah. My younger giant brother. Yeah. But yeah. Other than that, we started silage harvest. So I'm back to seasonal single mom life, which is great.
0: Yeah. We haven't done a whole lot. I enjoyed watching your um, footage of your brother. Like, Like nothing is more exciting than like a proud family member. We, I was trying to think before we got on here, what we did in the last two weeks and I'm sure, oh, we went to the farm progress show. That was a big deal. Oh
1: yeah. I saw you met some of our friends, our podcast yeah, buddies.
0: It, yes. Our podcast friends. Uh, it was, it was really fun. I'd never been to a farming trade show. I've been to a lot of hog trade shows and so this was kind of an eye opener. The guys, you know, ood and odd over the tractors and I'm looking at all kinds of like cool like hats and shirts and <laughs> all things girly, and and I was like the pack mule. I carried everybody's stuff willingly because they let me come along this year. So that was really exciting, I enjoyed that a lot. You just had a bag full of goodies? I had like three bags, and I had to make a trip back to the truck, so. We're going to talk about all things harvest on this episode because Whitney's already started harvest and we're over here really going like all, you know, gears on to get the combines ready and, and go. And so Whitney and I have been visiting on the side about all the things that we're doing and prepare for harvest. So we thought what better way to share that than on episode six
1: truth so this is just silage harvest for us which is all custom and we chop so i'm not involved in any of that um, barton his brother have the silage chopper and then we have three trucks that are under under it so i'm not involved in any of that unless they need rides or something that's pretty small but we will start actual corn harvest with our combines in probably three weeks on dry land so we're that's close insane.
0: yeah we're in the same boat we're real close
1: Yeah. So then we'll do, we'll do corn and that takes us, Oh my Lord, it takes us forever. Like we'll start in three weeks and we'll probably end close to Thanksgiving is usually how long it goes.
0: The goal in a normal year is to get it done, um, for us by Halloween, but we have a grain dryer, which we're going to kind of dive into that here pretty quick, but that's our, always our goal. And this year, I mean, our beans are all still so green and you just can't cut those until they're completely dried. So yeah, we're going to have an interesting, it's going to be really interesting fall. I think it's going to be a lot of start and stop and go and stop. I just think it's going to be, it's the pain of plant 19 is going to show its nasty face and harvest and and we're lucky we have a grain dryer. Um, And so that's going to really help us out on the corn side, just hand over fist. Um, But it's just going to be a year.
1: Could be a lot of weight. wait and try to find some dry enough,
0: which like you said, you have a grain dryer, but still beans. Can you, can you dry beans? I cannot answer that. I want to off the top of my head say, no, we haven't ever dried beans. I don't think you can. I think you can put air on them once they get in the bin. So maybe you can. That's a question for Jordan. I'll ask and I'll relay the message.
1: Yeah, you'll have to. Cause I, I don't know anything about beans. So then I you probably- do corn and then beans.
0: Yes. Well, it just depends always. It just depends on how we get stuff planted. We'll cut corn until it's ready time for beans. And then we will stop on corn, go cut all our beans because that's more of a, uh, crop that do you guys have soybeans? No, hardly anyone around here does. I wonder why maybe just the weather. I don't really know that. Um, it's one of those crops that like when it's ready to come out, it needs to come out because if it gets a lot of extra weather on it, it just gets that you just drop pods and you really lose your yield. And so on a normal year we would cut then we'd go cut beans and then we come back to harvest the rest of our corn. Like maybe that's maybe we get all our corn done before beans, but beans always get harvested when they're ready.
1: You take a break if you need to. Yep. yep. Yeah. So so yeah, we Milo really is last. There's Usually, no rush on Milo. Like the last few years, we've had issues with ears dropping off our corn just from the wind and stuff. So then we try to get obviously all that out first because that's like our main crop. So, Mm -hmm. yeah. Um, As far as how many people help us with harvest, it's Bart, me, Uh, we have two hired men, and then we actually have a third now that harvest has started. And then we actually hire out trucks to haul our stuff because we did pencil it in and it was cheaper. Like the rates that we're getting for them to haul. And honestly, it's going to take well, we have two combines and two grain carts. It's going to take four of us to just, you know, like keep the field work going. So our one guy will drive one truck and then we
0: just hire the rest done. So it's worked out. That's a good idea. We haven't ever looked into that because we do have quite a few semis and I think we have three grain trailers, but that is definitely the bottleneck when you have a bumper crop, you can get it off the field. You know, you keep improving your combine and your grain car and you may make those bigger capacity at a faster running speed to get all of that grain through. But then if you can't get it away from the field, there's no use in having all of that power and speed. Uh, we do the same thing. So we have one combine for corn And then we usually rent a second combine for beans because we like to get it done quick. And the the lessons that we have learned in this past 365 days is that when you have an opportunity to run, you just run. Like you don't, you don't stop for anything really, unless it's an emergency or you break down.
1: Right. No matter what you have to do, you get it done. That's how we were for plant 19. We had like 300 acres left and it was a long ways from our house. And we had a friend up there already and Bart's like, just do it. I'll hire you get that stuff in the ground before it rains again. Yeah. I understand
0: Uh, that. Yep. And we, so we have seven employees total, but a couple of those are primarily for the pigs, but we run, uh, we run at least five guys in the field all the time.
1: Yeah. I swear manpower is like really hard to stay on top of, especially around here. There's not a lot of people that really want to work. Or people do look for day
0: work, but don't want to work as long as we are. Oh, the hours are crazy during harvest. So for any of you listening out there that know what harvest is, but you may not have a full grasp on it, the guys will start, especially when you're cutting corn beans, you have to wait till they're dry. Like, so you can't start cutting beans until, um, like maybe 10 in the morning when the sun's out and really drying off that dew. But Corn you know you could start you could really run all night if you wanted to. We usually start seven, eight, nine o'clock in the morning, and then they run until they get tired
1: yeah that 's how we are too, and we actually wheat is the same way you can 't start harvest until it 's not humid it 's really dry, so yeah, corn we 're the same way, and where I help, Bart gives me a break that I can get Bodie on the bus at seven ten, and then I usually want to show up till eight because the guys are really helpful and have me fueled and stuff so that's a huge help because honestly getting kids to the field is like brushing your teeth while eating Oreos. It's really (laughs) hard.
0: (laughs) I know how it is just taking food to the field. I could not imagine if they were like uh, holding me accountable to run a piece of equipment. Like I am so, I admire you so much for all of this. And I I can't wait to talk about our responsibilities because we're so different. And I think my life's hectic and I'm like, Oh my gosh, Whitney, you're, you're just killing it.
1: I know. But But don't compare, girl.
0: I know, I know. Because there's so so many other people doing crazy things too. There are so many different versions of harvest for sure. Uh, We, one last thing on storage. Do you guys have any grain storage? So we do have
1: bins at our house, but we don't have dryers. And when we start harvest, we want to get it out ASAP. So we, we do just use the elevators near here because we contract corn. And so we just take it and they... Give us our payment, which is legit.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you just pay them to store it basically for you, and then maybe maybe that's a certain fee a month or something like that until your contract comes. Yeah,
1: and actually, we can just sell it immediately. It's up to us what we do. So, yeah, where we have it, we have some contracts at like, oh, I think the best one's like three ninety five, which isn't really that great in the scheme of things. But so we'll just take it there, and they sell it immediately to a feed lot, and so. Yeah, it just, it's easier. We tried to do our bins one year and it was such a pain in the butt where we didn't have dryers. We had to babysit it to make sure it didn't mold or start on fire or any of that stuff. So it was less yeah. easy to just go to town.
0: Sometimes they are more work than what they're worth. We actually have a lot of grain storage. That's one thing that my uh, in-laws have put in over the years, just slow improvements. And so we can we always plan out, we go start yield checking and seeing what we're gonna be able to hold on farm and then whatever we don't can't hold on farm. We actually bought a grain bagger. Do you guys have grain bags out there? So there is a bunch of people that have grain bags, but we do not. Yeah. We bought the bagger and one of our neighbor farmers has the unloader because you of course you have to have two pieces of equipment for this one thing. But we have on like bumper years used the grain bagger. Um, we don't sell a whole lot right out of the field just because of the efficiency of our guys running our own trucks. And then they sit in line and that doesn't make sense for us, but I can see where contracting it out. It wouldn't be quite as, um, much of a planning issue for you guys.
1: Right. And actually where our fields are, we are super lucky that we like at our South fields, we have an elevator five miles away at then Our next set of fields, we have an elevator two miles away. And so like everywhere our fields are, there's just elevators super close. And we're really lucky that even if there is a line, like we have trucks coming back and forth really quickly.
0: Yeah. That's such an interesting thing. Like I love finding out about other people's operations because we don't contract haul anything. Like if anything, we help others. And, um, so that's so interesting.
1: Yeah. The difference.
0: Yeah. We're so, we're so the same, but so different. Let's chat about, our responsibilities during harvest we've touched on them but i will go ahead and start and i am a hodgepodge just i do all kinds of anything and everything during harvest, except for really running equipment. I can run the grain cart. I can, you know, run a tillage equipment, but Jordan's not going to throw me on the grain cart only because my schedule is so unpredictable as far as the kids go. And I don't take them necessarily with me all the time. And so he can't count on me from like eight to, he can, he can count on me from eight to five, but not much after that. So we give those good fun jobs to the guys that, um, do such a good job for us, but I do everything else. You know, as moms, we are doing everything we normally do. So cook, clean, tend to the house, you know, all summer, Whitney and I talk about mowing and, you know, weeding our yards and stuff. So we still have to do all of that because it's still warm enough to have green grass and it's still warm enough. And you always have dirty toilets and dirty dishes and all that stuff. So we do all that stuff like normal. But then on top of that, uh, my responsibility is still bookkeeping, billing. We have to keep all of our grain tickets separate. We have a set of scales at our um, granary. And so one uh, advantage, and I guess, disadvantage is extra record keeping for having all of those grain bins because We have to know whose grain goes in what. And this year we have a lot of 50-50 ground. So we're going to be putting 50% of our grain and 50% of their grain in the same bin. And then when it gets sold and there's just a lot of record keeping. So I'll be helping with that. Uh, But then we also, one of my jobs is to basically take Jordan's supper every night. And that's kind of a job in itself.
1: Yeah, for sure. So do you guys have your, this is a little off subject there. Do you guys have your own scale house? We do. That makes it we, handy.
0: Yeah, we do. We put it in uh, primarily, we put it in like four years ago and it was for our hog truck and it's a certified set of scales so that when we came back by to take our hogs up to Iowa, we weren't, um, it just made sense the way the route was. Plus then we get the added benefit of doing running fertilizer and corn and beans all over it. And so it's really been a huge benefit to our farm.
1: Yeah. My in-laws added one at their place too, just for the cattle stuff. And it really, I think it changed their operation too, because they do have bins that they utilize at their place. So that's good.
0: Yep. Livestock kind of makes you get those skills and then you just use it for everything else. (laughs) Yeah.
1: Yeah. One of those things that you get to write off, but really everyone uses it. Yep. Um, so I'm the same way. I still have to do all the house chores, the domestic goddess stuff that we just all love so much. Um, but I am in the grain cart, so I let Bodie get on the bus at 7.10, and then I will most likely head to the field by 8, and then we pick until we can't pick anymore. Uh, I mean, 9 is usually pretty common, but where we will have a truck driver, Bart always has the the last truck driver or whatever take over for me, and so then I can leave like an hour or so earlier to get the kids to bed, and so that's that's really handy. Um, the biggest adjustment for us is going to be this year. I have to get off to come get Bodie from the house because the bus will bring him here. And so I'll have to like find a stopping point to come and get him and rush back. Um, he has had to learn that when it hits eight o'clock in the combine with his dad, like no matter what, he has to lay down and try to go to sleep because otherwise <laughs> we had, I mean, when he started preschool, it was really hard for him. Cause we would like pick till nine thirty or 10 and he'd be so tired the next day and I'd feel terrible. And so we finally, we made the rule that no matter where we are at eight o'clock, you have got to lay down, whether it's in the pickup, the combine, whatever. And so we really had to implement that to make it to where he could still go to school and be worth a dang. Yeah. which Which is our lifestyle. So, and I, I will say that I run the grain cart mainly because I want to. I really want to. Bart does not make me in any way for those of Mm -hmm. you that think that this is crazy that I do with kids, but it saves us so much money. Like, I think I figured one time that between all three harvests, it probably saves us like 18 to 20 grand to have me run it. And And so, I mean, that's a big deal.
0: Oh, yeah. And it's that's if you can find someone to just work part-time. So we struggle with that around here is to find a reliable part-time person who knows your operation, who understands harvest, who understands the equipment. Um, so we actually only ever use full-time employees. And so if you think of it that way, if we were to use someone just for harvest and hire them, uh, we'd have to find things for them to do throughout the year. Now, granted, we're always busy. There's always stuff to do. But for us financially, we we use our I mean, we just use full-time employees because it's a difficult process.
1: And honestly, sometimes in the winter, or at least here anyway, there's not much for four guys to be doing. So we're lucky that a couple of those guys are just mainly harvest help and they, they have day jobs, like their own day job. So they can leave to come and do harvest with us and then it still works out. So that's That's, good that they can do that. And as far as meals, we don't, in in wheat harvest, we do because it's so light out, you go longer, and so we do have someone bring us meals. um I obviously can't do it because I'm in the field with them, yeah, but I for sure hit up a crock pot every morning before I leave. There's a roast or steaks or something in a crock pot, so when we get home, it's not hectic to find something to eat,
0: yeah, so you just eat when you guys all get home,
1: yeah. But I do keep a ton of snacks in my pickup, like crackers, granola bars, all that stuff, just in case the kids get hungry before we
0: make it home for supper.
1: Yeah. And, and I will say the snacks are not always the healthiest, but
0: who gives a dang? Right. I have in my notes, like, have snacks, but they don't always have to be healthy. I was just going to add that too, because sometimes a sucker will just save your whole day. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, some, the days that I don't have time to get a crockpot meal, it's like hot dogs
1: and chicken nuggets for life Get mm-hmm. home. No shame. No, it's something quick and easy. And then we can go to bed.
0: (laughs) We make a Sam's run before we start fall work or like a Costco or any of your big stores. And we will get, you know, travel size chip bags. We'll get a bunch of deli meat. And so Jordan always gets deli meat sandwiches during harvest because going, bringing lunch, unless maybe I'm at work and I have the ability to run in food. Uh, otherwise we don't, we don't make it out of the house twice with kids. So it's either I'm going to bring you a good lunch and not supper and you're going to have to eat a deli sandwich for supper, or we're going to take supper. And we're lucky we farm in about a 30 mile radius of the house. So nothing like the, you know, three hours away or anything like that, but it's always cold sandwiches for lunch, make it easy. I like to eat cold cut sandwiches myself. Um, So don't be hard on yourself if you're a wife and you're like, I have to fix my husband something wonderful for lunch, supper, and breakfast. And, you know, give yourself a little grace. Let's be real. Give him a cold cut sandwich and some chips and some carrots and ranch and he'll be fine.
1: Yeah, for sure. And if you women make your husband's breakfast, girl,
0: go, girl, go. (laughs) Because I don't. (laughs) Me either. Like Jordan gets up he's, he is a not a morning person, but he gets up just in time to leave for work. So I'm definitely not going to fix, go out of my way to fix him, him breakfast. He'll be fine. Yeah. Uh, yeah. one other thing that we do, I do try to make Jordan as many meals in the evening as I can. And as I'm able to, but I do use, I really like it when it starts to get cold because we do things like we use a crock pot like a thousand times and it's chicken and noodles and roast potatoes and carrots or chili spaghetti. And those things are kind of hard to eat on the go because we don't stop for meals in the field. Like we don't expect, we don't stop because we don't expect our guys to stop. They don't want to stop. I mean, they'd rather spend that 30 minutes working and getting off 30 minutes, maybe earlier rather right. than like waiting and eating. Well, so, when, when progress stops, I mean, that's a big deal. We don't stop yeah, it either. It just stops. Yeah. You don't, once you stop one machine, your, everything else slows down too. So we use lots of, um, those like semi cut to go containers, which I'm buying new ones this year because I kept buying the cheap ones, the like takeout that has the sectioned off where you can put like your spaghetti and your green beans in it. Right. Are they they like throwaway? they they're not throwaway away like you would wash them but oh. they get nasty and uh, I've got to stop start making Jordan throw out his extras in the field because there's nothing worse than getting the next day getting a bag of food that's got like leftover crap in it oh and the smell is so sour and like I have to clean it out no thank you clean your own food out of your own pan and then bring it to me like at least empty if it's dirty <laughs> that's fine but empty Right. One time,
1: well, actually a couple of times, like I've gotten Bart's sprayer to take his trash out and stuff. And I found my like Tupperware and I'm like, nope, I don't even remember the last time you took this. So it's going in the trash. 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 <laughs> I, don't, I don't, I don't do smells. So I'm also the I mom see. that if I find a sippy cup with milk it, and I don't know how long ago it was, it goes in the trash as well. <laughs>
0: Absolutely. I'm so ashamed to say that I'm the same way because I feel like why can I not just bleach that and make it better? But it's like disgustingly nasty. And I used to be a waitress and I had no problem taking a stranger's fork off of their plate by what they ate it with, like a busser. I I had no problem just like pick go, pick, go, pick go, and move on. And maybe that's because someone was paying me. But my own food, my husband's, my kids, gross.
1: Yeah. And the lids are like what gets me like oof those curdles
0: clean your food out. Yeah, (laughs) for sure. We have, I know there's a lot of harvest moms and wives out there. I actually have a ton of farm friends, like even outside of Instagram, I have like real live friends that I, I visit with and they take harvest meals for their whole crew. And I think that is like insanely impressive. We do not put that pressure on ourselves here. Uh, our guys bring their own food from home or, or we even like their wives might come out and bring them a, them a hot meal in the evening. Uh, but we do try to take myself. I've kind of started working on this and maybe it's just a few pizzas. I try to take out like on a Thursday or Friday toward the end of the week when I know we're going to go into the weekend, um, maybe take out pizza or chicken and noodles or dairy queen. Cause we have like a really bomb dairy queen in our town. Right. Yeah. And so wheat harvest, we do do that.
1: That's just, I don't know why, but when I started dating Bart, that's what his family did. And so then we've just carried that tradition on, but corn harvest, we do not provide any meals.
0: Well, let's chat back to some more like nitty gritty stuff. How do we keep our sanity during harvest because physically, mentally, the strain of harvest, it's it's a lot. It's a lot for the farmer. It's a lot for us as farm wives and also as farmers. And then it's also a lot as a family dynamic. It puts a lot of like heavy I love harvest because you're you're harvesting, you know, what you worked for all year, but in the same breath, I'm always so happy when it's over.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's and it's hard on kids too. I mean, my kids are in the field and they still miss their dad and stuff. Yeah. But, but I will say as far as being on a schedule, try to be flexible during harvest because you'll go insane if you're trying to be super strict. And I don't, I try to, I always try to be a yes mom during harvest because I don't want to argue with my kids any more than I have to. And I don't Mm want to lose my cool. So I just try not to sweat the small stuff.
0: Yeah. I like that a lot because you do, there's going to be a lot of things in your normal day to day. Even if you're not in the field working like me, not working in the field, there's still a lot of stuff that we don't do normally during harvest that we have to do during harvest because that's just how we have to get by. So I agree. Flexible schedule, 100%. I like to plan You guys know me. This is episode six. You guys know that I like to have a a plan. So it may not go right. It may not work, but I like to plan the next day, at least the night before. And really, if I'm lucky, I like to plan like five days out. So, okay, we're going to be doing corn harvest this whole week, but we have to stop because we have a meeting here, here, and here. And that means I'm going to try to take meals out early this night and this night. You know, there's just got to be a schedule or a plan of some sort for my personal sanity and it may all go horribly wrong. <laughs> I have to ask how does Jordan feel about your planning OCD? He thinks I'm like <laughs> want to control his whole life, <laughs> which is not true. I just want to know. So, we'll have to get Jordan on the podcast sometime. He'd love to be like Kylie is such a crazy psycho woman. <laughs> <laughs> because honestly, I don't even know what I'm going to do this afternoon.
1: We're just uh, so different Whitney. in some ways, aren't we? We are, and that's okay.
0: It is okay. Perfect. Uh, watch, watch the weather.
1: Yeah, for sure. Because if it's gonna rain,
0: you know that you get time at home. Yeah, you know you're gonna be home, or maybe if it if it doesn't rain, you know you're gonna work longer. You can make uh, other plans for your kids or something, or you can all go ride of an evening. I actually like harvest. Sometimes I like taking meals to the field because it uh, carves out some of that time that I was going to have to spend alone with the kids. And you know, that gets, that's fine. People are like, oh, you're spending time with your kids, whoop de doo da. Well, that's fine. Okay. But when you're doing that and it's like week four and it's been, you've seen your significant other like for all of 24 hours that whole time besides sleeping. Right. Um, you know, that gets a lot. <laughs> that gets to be a lot. So taking that hour and a half to make that round trip of delivering food. Uh, the kids don't mind it. I don't mind it. And then by the time we get back home, it's like bath time, bedtime, and then you can sit down and, relax and you have
1: for- peace to yourself. Ah.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: so from my standpoint, I will say, don't ever expect anything to be perfect. Yeah. Um, for me and Bart, I'm going to say this because I know there's other women out there that are in the field. It gets very stressful and the tensions can get really high. Because you're Mm -hmm. with each other all day and like anyone that runs a grain cart will agree that sometimes you get looks and you're supposed to know what they're telling you by like how they're hand signaling or like giving you this face and it's like, I have no idea what you want. I have no idea what you're saying to me. And so like Bart can be really short-tempered and impatient and like can get upset easily and I almost have to like be the mediator to our own fight because I need to make sure we don't get in a huge argument like in the first day of harvest so at wheat harvest we had like a giant fight one day and then the next day I'm like look we can't do this we have to get along use your radio yeah. next time like we have them for a reason I don't know what all these hand signals mean so just tell me please
2: right. and like
1: that's all he needed was like me to
0: tell him please just tell me what you want instead yeah. of expecting stuff. Be clearer. Yeah. I only know one hand signal and it involves your third finger on your hand. And so if, if it's not that one, I'm not going to understand. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And trust I've given those a few
1: times. So, uh, and then another thing is the stress from breakdowns and like when your crops aren't doing as well as you expected or, you know, anything that can go wrong, it makes the stress and levels of worry and emotions like skyrocket so you're just going to have to always like woosah, take some deep breaths and try to be a patient, optimistic person as much as you can.
0: Yeah. Just remember what's going on in your life because it's so, sometimes it feels like you're in this cycle and you don't get out of it. Like there's never a downtime. I feel that way this summer. We've, plant was crazy. We had a very short summer and here we are getting gearing up to go again. And I just have to remind myself always, Okay like it's harvest it will not always be like this like it's just a season it's not the rest of your life it's just a season and it actually yeah. is the rest of our life because we married into it but we do but get a- not
1: not a whole year i should say it's a season not the rest of the year so yeah, yeah. you have to you have to involve harvest for how long and then you can have winter
0: yeah which that's kind of more the plan i'm talking about like i just want to know like give me just a heads up like do we got 20 days left or because <laughs> i'm gonna know? start marking on my calendar jordan X
2: next day, (laughs) X next
0: day. I survived another day of harvest. True that. Let's chat hacks on harvest with young kids because that's a tough one. Once your kids can wipe their own butts and can like entertain themselves in their rooms, I think things might change a little bit or maybe stay home by themselves. But when you got kids six and under, at least six and under, uh, life can get really, really crazy. Yeah, it can for sure. So for me in the grain cart,
1: huge hacks for me are we take a doodle pad. It's called like a doodle board and you can get that on Amazon. That's super handy. Um, We take Alphabots, Where's Waldo books, small Ziplocs of Legos. I do take oils with me. I take some Peace and Calming, lavender, all that good stuff for like different things to settle us down or whatever. Um, A high chair, obviously because Rowdy can't really sit up in the bouncing. (laughs) Uh, pillows and blankets and snacks are obviously a must for every single kid so they can get comfy. Just Um, wait. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Rowdy will be moving around before you know it.
1: I know he's crawling now. So it's going to be for real when harvest starts. I'm going to have to strap him in the high chair. Uh, a schedule is huge for me when I am in harvest because I am the type of person that wants not perfection, but I want tidy and I want my yard to be mowed. I want all the things. So I can get like a huge anxiety attack if I don't have a schedule and make myself just do a few things a day to keep on top but not lose complete control of our home and our yard. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, those are big things for me. What you got?
0: I only could come up with three, but I know in like six weeks I'll be making a list of like, this is all the stuff that I'm currently doing that I could share with everyone. Uh, Lots of crafts. Even when I'm home with the kids by myself, we do crafty things because you could only, you could only play outside for so long and you can only do some of the things that you do normally. And so we like those like colorless markers that they're white, like they don't mark on anything. We like books like that. Both of my kids love that right now. Uh, Dry erase markers and a board colored pencils, crayons. We don't really ever use markers yet. We're not to that stage yet, but anything crafty that my kids like to use glitter glue. And that's only on rare occasions that we allow them to do that. But you can take some of that stuff to the field with you in the car, or, you know, those are ideas for even when you're just trying to pass time until, you know, bedtime. For sure. Uh, If you don't have... Well, you could have TV because we do have TV, but I would advise if you have the extra money to spend, subscribe to like a movie streaming network or something that you can put on, something that you choose for your kids to watch. So I would much rather have my kids watch uh, frozen or maybe an educational TV. Uh, I, we like, um, I mean, we love Mickey Mouse Clubhouse. I'm not sure how educational that is, but it's very PG and like uplifting and happy, um and of course I can't think of any other cartoons. Bubble you know? Guppies, oh, Team Mazumi. Yes, all that. Okay. So we would rather I would rather have the kids watch uh, you know, a half an hour or an hour of that or a movie than watch PJ Masks. And if you have young kids, you get it. Like PJ Masks is like oh uh, the end all. Ugh, I'm like gross. thinking
1: of the theme song in my brain right now. <laughs> and we're like Peppa Pig. No.
0: Yeah. We like pigs, but we don't like pepper.
1: <laughs> no, no. I I'm the same way. Educational is like, I don't want my kids to be zombies is my issue. I don't want their brains to be like mush from watching stupid stuff.
0: Yeah. Uh, my last tip is stock your pantry, which we chatted about that during mealtime, like get good, bad, all the snacks, but like snacks, my kids like to use the word snack a ton. So whatever you think you need, buy it. Fruit snacks, graham crackers, bananas, like just make sure you're fully stacked on snacks stacked well, stocked on snacks. It's a lot of S's. And yeah, you'll be fine because, and don't just make sure it's not just in your pantry. Like take a bag for the car.
1: Yes, for sure. Always a bag of snacks.
0: So just know the timeline of harvest. We have hopped around all over this podcast, but I think we're going to be able to offer you guys just some preparation. And maybe in a couple of episodes, we'll do another like heat of the podcast, uh, you know, heat of harvest podcast, because um, we're just we're foreseeing some of the things that we've done in the past. Of what's going to happen this year because we're just not there yet. Um, but maybe by listening to this, you'll be able to take a few tips and tricks and make your life just a little bit easier during this crazy, hectic time.
1: Yeah, and for sure, like every year, as your kids grow or as things change on the farm, I feel like every season you almost have to relearn what works for you because the. I mean, just from last year, things are going to be so different for me and the tractor. You just have to work. Do what works for you best because everything is going to change every year. Yeah.
0: Last year you were pregnant.
1: Yeah. Oh my God. I'm so glad I'm not pregnant this year. I had to wear like a (laughs) belly band to keep my stomach from bouncing so hard. Uh,
0: Uh, Oh, it was miserable, but got to do what you got to do. Absolutely. Pray to God for patience and grace. Be the supporter that your tired husband needs. Just, you know, understand the time that you have until harvest ends, like enjoy it while it's there, but you know, just know exactly, you know, know how long it's going to be. Yeah. And be
1: grateful that you have a crop to harvest and that you're able to do what you are doing.
0: Yeah. Think of those. Um, I had a girl message me and I said, Oh, I'm so jealous. You're in corn harvest. Like I can't wait till we get in corn harvest, even though, you know, I'm sitting here saying it's crazy, but I do enjoy harvest time. It's my favorite time of the year. And she said, yeah, we're racing to get crops out before Dorian, the hurricane hits. And I'm like, my heart hurt for her because I could not imagine, you know, they're not going to get it all out. No. Or like I've heard of people having
1: freeze warnings already. Like people are still trying to cut wheat. I can't imagine that either.
0: Oh yeah. We don't need a frost down here either because Mm -hmm. our soybeans are still maturing. And like when that comes, it shuts it down. Yeah, for sure. So just gratitude attitude per usual. Absolutely. And you know, drink an extra glass of wine, like give yourself like, it's okay. At the end of the day, you get your kids to bed, grab wine. Or if you're like Whitney and I grab a cold beer. Yeah. And, and just remember that you're
1: not alone, no matter how overwhelmed, crazy, lonely, sad, or frustrated you may feel because I'm telling you, Kylie and I feel it. I know millions of other farm wives and ladies that are at home, even if they're not a farmer that are at home doing the single seasonal mom stuff alone, like everyone
0: feels it. Don't feel alone for sure. Agreed. Do not let the comparison game during harvest get in your brain. No. Like, look
1: how different Kylie and I are and it's okay to be that way. Mhm. Yep.
0: Mad respect for you.
1: Yep. Agree. So we end every podcast with a quote.
0: So Kylie's got it. When life gets hectic and you feel overwhelmed, take a moment to focus on the people and the things you are most grateful for. When you have an attitude of gratitude, frustrating troubles will fall wayside. And remember, things could always be worse. Whitney, I'm going to send it back over to you and your interview with our guest Leslie Kelly, also known as High Heels and Canola Fields, on her take on Harvest Life. Okay, great.
1: Okay. So we are here with Leslie Kelly, also known as High Heels and Canola Fields. Um, she is a mom, farm wife, farm her. She is a co-host of What the Farm podcast with Rob Sharkey. Um, she's a blogger and the co-founder of Do More Ag. Welcome, Leslie. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, thank you so much for talking with us. So Leslie is in the thick of harvest right now with her family um, operation. And so we thought she would be perfect for this podcast today.
2: Yeah, we started, oh, it's late for us. We started about a couple weeks ago and we've only gotten two quarters done, two quarters of lentils. It has been slow, but hopefully the sun comes out, the rain stays away.
1: Right. So is is that all you have left to harvest now is lentils?
2: No, we put two quarters of lentils in. So we still have peas, canola, wheat, durum, flax, oats, and barley left. You guys have a lot of different stuff. We do. We are very diversified. It fits well with our agronomy, our crop rotation, our marketing plan. That's and awesome. yeah, it's, it works really well for us. Uh, you have to have, um, you know, space to hold all of that. And we, we do have lots of great bags too, but yeah, it, it works for us.
1: That's awesome. So we're going to ask you, or I'm going to ask you, Kylie's not with us, but I'm going to ask you a few questions and hopefully you can just give us some advice as farm wife to farm wife and other farm wives. Sure. Um, the first one i have is how do you cope with the harvest stress
2: oh uh i would say probably one one day at a time take it one day at a time uh, my expectations change during harvest where you know even a five minute shower and clean clothes is amazing right uh, sure. how my family and i deal with you know the essentially like everything farm stress related when it comes to harvest is we actually sit down prior to harvest we have a family meeting and we talk about each other's lives and each other's worlds so we can better understand you know it might be a stressful time for my brother or for Matt and I um, and then it's a way for us to just to see how we can help each other and then it's also the notion that we're in this together and then we celebrate, you know, all the the small the small wins. We make game plans, you know, for meals or when things need to be swathed. and it just it helps us refocus and focus on family.
1: Yeah, that's that's really good advice. The communication. See, Bart and I, it's just us, so it's obviously just him and I that need to talk. But for a family farm, that is a very very good idea. That's mm-hmm. a good idea.
2: Really- Great piece helps to ensure that uh, we're all on the same page because that's where there, you know, the breakdowns happen, uh, communication breakdowns, and also literally <laughs> equipment <the laughs> <grounded laughs> breakdowns. But yeah, it just helps to reinforce that no one is alone in this. We're all in it together,
1: right? And it gives you a chance to respect each other and what you have going on in your own families. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the next question is: What is the toughest thing you face during harvest?
2: Oh, I would say. Uh, just the long, like it is a long season. Um, it, it's long days, even longer nights and it gets lonely. I would say almost for everyone, whether it's me with the kids, uh, running around with them or it's my husband and my dad and my brother sitting by themselves in a tractor cab. So I think that is probably one of the hardest things is it's long and it, it's lonely.
1: Right. And it's that way for everyone. I like how you said that. Mm hmm. Because for yeah, sure, it's
2: the not, men, I mean, it's hard on them to not see the kids or their wives as well. Exactly. Like, they miss sports activities and birthdays and homework and just the everyday um, aspects of, of life. And that in itself is, is really hard. And then uh, for us, for, for me, I, I miss the extra hand, the extra support, even someone just to talk to about, you know, the day. Because sometimes uh, it's not conducive to phone, mats. On the fo- like on the phone and talk about, you know, the day for 30 minutes. It's, and then when he comes home, I'm usually in bed. So, yeah, it's, uh, we try to have those small wins during, during those lonely times.
1: Right. And Kylie, Kylie and I have talked about this before. I just told her once that even for like Bart to be here around bedtime to get the milk for the kids, like mm-hmm. that's such a big deal and such a big help. And I don't think the guys realize how much we appreciate that when they are here But I feel the same way, like with what you were saying about the small wins.
2: Yeah, Matt, uh, he is so amazing to help around the house. And when he's not around, I definitely feel the the lack of extra hands around just to do even the smallest things, right?
1: Right. And you're always in bed when they get home. And let's be real, who wants to get up and talk?
2: (laughs) We, We do the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> he usually comes home and I have a I've fallen asleep like trying to stay up uh and wait for him I've usually fallen asleep with a book on my chest <laughs> laying in bed like, yeah, I, or, I,
1: or I'm sitting on the couch and then he's like Whitney let's go to bed and I'm like wait how long have you been here <laughs> <laughs> yeah <laughs> um our next question is what is some advice you can offer other moms wives or any women in
2: ag during their harvest season Oh, advice. I would say, uh, first you're not alone. Uh, it is a hard and grueling time and it can be lonely. So reach out. You have to make the effort to reach out. Um, whether that is, you know, girls nights, you can get a sitter, ask for help. That's the other notion of, um, or the other piece of advice is don't be afraid to ask for help. Um, whether it's meals, a sitter, just for you to have some alone time or alone time to go out in the field and have a date night uh, on the combine or on the tractor. That can be essentially like one of the best things that we look forward to in harvest is spending time with each other on the tractor without children, but also the children too at times because they they like that. Um, But yeah, reach out. uh, Don't forget about you. I know with harvest, um, we push everything else to the side. We say, Um, we try to do as much for everyone else, but you are just as important in your health, your physical health, your mental health, all that stuff. So make sure you take time for yourself.
1: Right. For sure. That's really good advice. I like that a lot. And we're the same way. Like my niece is, oh, she's 12 now. And she's really good. She's like, I trust her more than most adults. And she'll just text me, do you want to go ride with uncle Bart? And I'll keep the kids. And I'm like, you're such a blessing. That's so good.
2: Yeah. Yeah, Um, We try to have as many date nights on the tractor on the combine as possible because it is such a, it is a really nice time to be together.
1: Right. And we all experience that before we're married when you're dating and there's no kids in the picture. And then it kind of goes away when you have kids. Yeah. Matt, I always say you never stop dating. Yep. For sure. That's a really good tip too. Um, what is your best life hack or tip for any busy
2: season? uh your sitter is your best friend <laughs> but my best life hack is uh and it's so cute my, my husband before harvest he gets me a, um, a box of wine <laughs> <laughs> all the drinks <laughs> all, all the wine and uh you can easily transport it if you have uh you have to take meals out to the field but uh, I would say the best life hack, I don't have something that would make your life easier or, you know, a recipe or anything like that. I would say, ha- try to have as much fun as possible. You know, those smiles, take those moments for yourself and try to have fun during, during the hard season.
1: Right. Try to be the optimist. Mm-hmm. Okay. And last question is, if you could describe your role during harvest or on your, for- and on your farm in one word, what would it be?
2: Oh, in one word. Yes, mm. only one. Only one. Oh, I, what comes to mind is uh, the gopher. That is my role. You know, you go for parts, you go for meals, you go for kids, you go, <laughs> you go ahead and have to uh, step in and be a, the grain cart operator or combine driver. I am the gopher on the farm.
1: <laughs> you do it all. Do it
2: all. Or yeah, I try it. I might not be the best at it, but I try. Or
1: I always say I'm the fill-in gal. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So for our guests, Leslie, if they were to find you on social media, where could they look for you?
2: Uh, They can find me on highheelsandcanolafields.com, under highheelsandcanolafields on Facebook and Instagram, and Leslie Ray Kelly are on Twitter. Okay. And as far as
1: your Do More Ag, you're the co-founder for that. What exactly is that? Can you tell our listeners that?
2: Yeah, Do More Agriculture, it is a foundation up here in Canada that focuses on supporting and encouraging our farmers um, in their mental health and mental well-being. So we've, we founded or we started about a year and a half ago, and we're really working towards bringing more resources and more awareness about mental health and agriculture.
1: That is really awesome. That is something that is very under talked and very over. I mean, it's a huge issue that people don't realize.
2: Yeah. There's not a lot of awareness when it comes to mental health and agriculture. There's huge stigma and it's also just, you know, part of um, the things that we do every day on, whether it's a ranch or a farm. So trying to get as much support and resources to our farmers to help help them during those hard times.
1: Right. So where can people find that on
2: social media? Yeah, you can find uh, or look for more information at do more And I was mad just walking by. <laughs> you can find more information at do And we have a list of um, places that you can call or text or email um, for more support.
1: That's great. And you guys, do you have an Instagram page too?
2: Yes, you can find us on Instagram, uh, Facebook and Twitter.
1: Okay, awesome. Well, thank you so much for interviewing with us today. Yeah. Thank you for having me. Yes. We're really happy to have you. And we think you're a great inspiration for
2: women in ag. Oh, thank you. You guys are too. And I love, I love the podcast. Um, I listened to the cleaning one yesterday and, uh, I need to up my game. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, you're in the thick of harvest. We understand we yeah. were doing this pre harvest.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right.
1: Well, you guys have a wonderful and happy harvest and safe. You guys too. Thank you. Thank you. We sure appreciate all of you listening today. We would love to
0: reach more women in ag. If you would like, please share our podcast with your friends and let us know what you think. You can also find us on Instagram at farmwifeguru and at The Grateful Farmwife. Be sure to follow or subscribe to the Midwest Farm Wives podcast on your favorite podcast streaming app. We'll see you next time. And remember,
1: every day may not be good, but there is some good in every day. Stay grateful, friends.